Yo, welcome back, everyone. Roots to grooves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Jesse. I'm Jay. And that means this is Roots to Grooves. Based out of Seattle, Washington. Again, the podcast where we talk about an artist, their accomplishments, their ideas, their music, their perspective, their way of life. And uh, we, we, uh, we try to learn something from that. Don't yeah. we, Jay? I think so. We've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I feel smarter having done these episodes. I think so. Yeah, this is like episode 40-something. We're getting up into the 50 range. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening um, every week. And this week, we are talking we about go. Bastion Keb. Bastion Keb. And this may be a real short episode because... This guy is super elusive. Uh, no Wikipedia page? No, even. no Wikipedia page. Um, hardly any interviews. I think there was like one or two interviews on YouTube. It's like usually if I can't find um, video interviews, I can at least find a bunch of like written interviews mm-hmm. from magazines and stuff. Not really so much even with Bastian Keb. Nah. A lot of uh, album reviews out there. He has had three albums out so far. I think he's on Twitter. Yes, he has a Twitter. He has a website as well. Yeah, so he, he's um, online. He's, he's online. online. I but think yeah. he has an Instagram. I didn't, and mean, that. Yeah. didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, three uh, yeah. albums. Yeah, three albums since 2015. Um, Dinkin in the Shadows of Zizou. No idea what that title means. Also, a lot of people like Art and me thought that Dinking was a typo and it should be drinking in the Shadows of Zizou. And I've seen people on other websites write it as drinking. But no, it's... Dinking, because that's what it is everywhere it's released, and also on his own website. Like dinking around? Maybe, I don't know. What's the definition of dinking? (laughs) I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, look it up. Dinking. And then in 2017, he had an album come out called 220285, which I don't know if is his date of birth. Could be. And in 2020, he released an album called The Killing of Eugene Peeps all of which we'll talk about as we progress during this episode. Um, but uh, yeah, he is a multi-instrumentalist, producer, songwriter, vocalist. He plays bass, guitar, keyboards, trumpet, flute. Basically, it seems like anything he can get his hands on. He's said he's had a lot of um, uh, instruments donated to him or handed down to him, and he, he just sort of grabs those and plays those. Um He's based or from Leamington Spa in England. They call it Royal Leamington Spa. Everywhere I've seen it. I've never been there. It looks like a nice place. Nice. Um, he's currently based in Peckham, London, though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, his music is very, um, oh, it's like definitely jazzy, definitely funky, bit mm-hmm. of neo-soul in there. Um, his yeah. own description is uh, 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 is written officially about him on his website and everywhere is a loosely layered fusion of jazz soul and funk as filtered through hip hop Mm -hmm. resembles the work of a studio boffin handed the keys to an experimental school's music room. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it's cool stuff. Yeah. I was excited listening to this guy because I had no idea who he was. Right. Um, you know, kind of an elusive Bastion Keb, Bastian Keb. What is interesting it name, crazy name. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. a lot of stuff online. Although he yeah. has three full albums. Yeah, um, but this stuff is it's thematic. This yeah. guy's into movies. Yeah, right? yeah, we gotta say it. Definitely, he yeah. likes cinema. Yeah, I think you call him a cinephile. Yeah, 
I think that's, I think that's yeah, the correct that's the correct terminology. Term. The yeah. correct vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he likes movies. He likes soundtracks of movies. Yeah. And so he kind of likes to make music that goes along. Yeah. yeah. And like we were talking about even just a minute ago, uh, Sean Lee mm-hmm. also likes making music. Yeah. Or you could say Muzak. I still got to see that documentary that Sean Lee made about library music, by yeah. the way. Well, we, we never uh, set a date for our movie night. So. But yes, we have the projector now. It's here. So Okay, so <laughs> that's step one. We'll, we'll tune you guys in when we get that set up fully. Yeah. Still working on it. But Sean yeah. Lee also likes to make music for, yeah. for example, imaginary movies. Yeah. And some of these artists have been doing it for, you know, 40 years, yeah. creating soundtracks for movies yeah. that don't exist. Yeah. And that's kind of cool because you get to... You don't have to be held to any kind of video or anybody else's idea yeah. about what you're doing with the music. It's completely up in your head and you can make it however you want. So you're really free. Yeah. And so it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's what Bastion Keb is in. I, Bastion? How do you want to say it? Because I, I, I say Bastion like Sebastian. Because it's, but, yeah, because yeah. uh, he also goes by Seb Jones, I saw. Yeah. But basically he's playing with his name Sebastian. Yeah. His nickname, I think, is Sebi. Seb. The guy that does his artwork calls him Sebi. Oh, Sebi? So, the yeah. Sebster? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Sebmeister? Yeah. Well, cool. But yeah, this guy's really good. So his his music is like, I was writing just notes, thematic jazz. Yeah. Alternative jazz, mm-hmm. funk. There's some soul. Yeah. Especially in like his vocals maybe. Um, yeah. But it's it's funky and it's groovy mm-hmm. and it's fun. You yeah. know, it's, it's pretty, a lot of it's kind of lighthearted. Yeah. Like. I don't know. Maybe lighthearted is not the greatest way to say it because it's, it's deep and it's like heartfelt. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 groovy and funky. It's got this like kind of danceability to it. Yeah. And it's really good and it's really interesting. A lot yeah. of different little pieces to make up the sounds. Yeah. As the tracks are going through, mm-hmm. um, a, a couple of influences I wrote down are like Sun Ra, mm-hmm. um, the Meters, mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield, mm-hmm. um, Flying Lotus. Mm-hmm is more of a contemporary yes someone described his uh, bastian kev's sound is uh think flying lotus jamming with art ensemble of chicago and you might be near the mark okay okay i don't know art ensemble i'm not familiar i don't know art ensemble of chicago gotta check them out yeah sounds like they got some cool stuff going on yeah yeah and flying lotus obviously obviously has really like like hyper jazz fusion things going on yeah like a lot really energetic yeah yeah and so yeah energetic is a way i would describe bastion keb yeah yeah as well in his music at least definitely especially his music because the one interview that i saw on youtube he was pretty real chill really relaxed yeah it was hard to understand him because he wasn't speaking very loud (laughs) and sort of mumbling a little bit yeah (laughs) he has his his lemonton or whatever london accent whatever you would call it yeah um not that that's just I'm just saying stuff about, that I learned. Right. Yes. That has nothing to do with his music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, really good stuff though. I was impressed. All the music's good. All the albums. Yeah. He just essentially has a bunch of singles that have come out from here or there. Yeah. And then these three albums that were all in the past uh, five to six years. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, just all good all the way around. Yeah. And uh, yeah, his first one. 2015 dinking in the shadows of zizou mm-hmm. um some people call it endearing mix of downbeat anti-ballads off-center instrumentals and warped funk um yeah warped funk a, i like that one warped funk yeah it's a good way of saying it and uh yeah it's very atmospheric um i believe he just 
he's done it all himself. Like he's doing the vocals and mm -hmm. all the instruments. Right, which is cool. And uh, it also came out on a label called One Handed Music, which is actually a really interesting label that um, uh, there's a few, one of the most biggest artists, it's not big, famous, but that I know of is called Mo Colors. And that's because he has a similar uh, cultural or ethnic heritage to me. He's half English, half Mauritian. Mm -hmm. Mauritius being an island in the middle of the Indian Ocean, if you don't know where it is. I did not. And uh, yeah, there's and Mo Colors. I can't forget, I forget his real name, but he has a couple of other brothers, another guy called Gene Basser, who makes music as well. And they're all on this label. I think they might kind of be behind running the label as well. And it's a really cool label for this type of music yeah sounds like the spot to be yeah forward thinking electronic jazz yeah pro funk. progressive <laughs> warped funk yeah. that's what i want to that's the band i want to be in yeah now and uh yeah sebastian's album came out on that and uh that was 2015 this one yeah and it came out of nowhere and i just realized i i haven't put drinking you did, yeah. I yeah. not even. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. Well, you, when you see it written down, you think drinking. Yeah, but it's dinking. Did you, did you look up what if there's a dinking? I found some definition. Nothing that I felt like saying out loud, like <laughs> a dinking, a stupid, annoying, or con contemptible person. Okay, I'm not even sure what that word is. Yeah. Um. Is is dink a slang word? Dink is defined as a a sports shot where the ball drops just over the net. Or a slang term for a jerk. Okay. Um, or an offensive term for a person born in Southeast Asia. Mm. Or an abbreviation, DINK, D-I-N-K, yeah. um, that is defined as double income, no kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, or an example of a DINK is someone who always acts like a fool. Well... It's interesting because the Zizou portion, I don't know if is in reference to the famous French footballer Zinedine Zidane because mm -hmm. he does have a song, Bastion, somewhere called Zidane, Zinedine Zidane or something like that. It might even be on this album. I feel like we're, we're mentioning some puzzle pieces, but puzzle we, pieces. we can't see the full picture here. Yeah, and apparently Zinedine Zidane's, uh is known as Zizou. It's like his French name, so... Dinking we need in the your shadows help. of Zinedine Zidane. Let us know. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's interesting stuff going on, but it sounds, it's cool. It sounds um, exotic. Yeah. You know, like, what does this mean? Yeah. It obviously begs the question. Yeah. You know, and it makes you wonder if you haven't heard the music yet, what, what is this music going to be like? Right. Um, but it is cinematic and it is kind of thematic and it's, there's lyrics and there's words, yeah. there's vocals. Um, but a lot of them aren't, it's not very poppy. No. They're kind of even, or even some of them are like kind of gang vocally. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not really shouting, but kind of, you know, singing these kind of chorus kind of parts. Yeah. Yeah. Again, all, pretty much everything he does is, has this kind of cinematic yeah. vibe to it. Nothing super poppy mm -hmm. or like out front or, you know, you know, poppy. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what, how else to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. So I just said it again. Yeah, it's not conventional uh, soul music if you think of people like Curtis Mayfield who have right. like more traditional uh, song structures and catchy hooks and stuff like that. Yeah. I think Bastian does have some catchy hooks in these songs, but there's it's more sort of musical hooky than... Um, yeah, there's a few things that you can sing along to or try to do if, 
I sort of found yeah. myself sitting there kind of yeah, the, half the, singing along sort of thing. <laughs> the, yeah, you could have yeah. good melodies over this kind of more complex music going on underneath. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of that in that since it is ish poppy a yeah. little bit, yeah. you know, and that's but that's one of the cool things because there's a lot of wacky stuff happening on in the stereo field when you're listening to this music. But there are some simple vocals that kind of tie it together like a bow. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, keep everything kind of tight and hold the listener, you know, right there. Definitely, yeah. Kind of rocking you with this yeah. movie, funky, jazzy vibe. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of carries you through the album. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, and like I said, it just came out of nowhere. Um, I don't know when I discovered this. Probably not until 20s. I th- well, it was before this, his second album came out. That's when I discovered the first one. Um, so let me check here. Probably around 2016, I discovered this, yeah. And okay. it, I don't know where it came from. I think it was like a, a Discover Weekly thing on Spotify, and it was amongst that. And I was like, well, this is a good track. Let me check out this guy. And yeah, it was just, to me, this album was fresh and hadn't quite heard nothing like it. I don't think I still haven't really heard nothing quite like it. Um, Hiatus Coyote maybe is on the same level, but they're even more catchier in the terms yeah, of yeah. the tracks that they have and stuff like yeah, that yeah this but, is yeah. is a little more exotic a little more foreign yeah. Yeah. a little more complex yeah yeah i would say and i don't want to jump ahead mm-hmm. and i don't want to jump behind <laughs> but i i do want to say like he started out like a, a cinephile like we said yeah and he was a former video store clerk was he yeah oh, and so he would be sitting in these like yeah. a video store yeah presumably like empty yeah. and he would have all this time on his hands so he would be able to kind of watch these films yeah. and get into it and i think he he began be co- composing music for tv and films yeah. before he made these albums right and yeah. i didn't find out too much about that but very interesting to see what he did um i'll have to do a little more research yeah um at i should have done this before but yeah I think, uh, like i think he was yeah. doing tv commercials and documentaries yeah so he was recording music for TV and films, yeah. working in a video store clerk. Um, and yeah, he was just immersing, immersing himself in these movies yeah. and with these, you know, sonic ideas with the, with the sounds and the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's done um, apparently commercials for BMW Cornetto, the ice cream, I think, cool, and cool. New Balance. Um, like the shoes? Yeah. Nice. So, um, I don't know what specifically he worked on. He said, though, that that sort of works really interesting because you've got like 30 seconds to work with and you've got five different people telling you all what they want. Mm-hmm. And he has to kind of accommodate to all of that and fit, right. fit the brief kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which sounds stressful to me and not the way I want to make music. But <laughs> right. Just... But I guess it flexes his skills in terms of doing that, which helps him later on for his own compositions kind of thing. Right. Like, Right, yeah. and it's cool how he's yeah. he's been able to create this music without depending on anybody as uh, anybody else's version of their vision. Yeah, and that's why he wanted to do this. Obviously, it seems like. Um, yeah. But sometimes, on the other hand, when you're working in like a commercial with producers and people who are running the show, and they they're asking you to do a job, yeah, that pressure can, you know, lead you to where you want to go or somewhere where you might not have thought to go yeah, yeah. based on these different opinions or um orders yeah however it was going down for him yeah yeah. so either way cool so obviously he was putting in his time 
you know, getting, getting really into this and like learning it from the ground up mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. That's all I want to say. Just, that's a little background that I got. Oh, nice. Um, um, but yeah, we go back to this album. Well, let's, uh, play another track. Yeah. Um, off this first album. Yeah. Let's get it. Um, I mean, it's all really good. There's a few great tracks on there. I'm going to play chicken stomp cause I like the title, but I also had pork belly in the playlist. So nice. that sounds good as well. Chicken Stomp, Bastian Kibb. I was getting some sort of Curtis Mayfield vibes from mm-hmm. that track, but the vocals are not Curtis Mayfield sounding. Yeah. Um, which but is the vibes. Interesting. But the vibes, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. great track, really. Just kind of upbeat and fun. Fun, yeah. It puts a smile on my face. It makes yeah. me like, feels like sun is shining in my face. And yeah, like, yeah. Like, get the whole day and your whole future <laughs> ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, do, he does say that... Um, two really big influences on him is uh tom waits mm. apparently he listens to a lot of tom waits stuff um because apparently like guitar was his first instrument and the uh the guy that does all of his artwork um i was gonna try and find his name i was oh, off the albums yeah i think it's will something uh um, i was gonna say i like all the out al- the artwork yeah it's a guy that he's known for like a really long time Will Morrison, um, yeah, the artwork's like amazing for all of this stuff. And apparently, they met when he when they were both really young. And uh, initially, Will was taking guitar lessons off of Bastian or Sebi, as he as he called him. Old Seb. And uh, and they talked a lot about Tom Waits. And uh, and I haven't really like listened to a lot of Tom Waits stuff, but he's a really interesting character. He's been in a lot of movies as well. Tom mm-hmm. Waits. Um, I mean, yeah, he's definitely yeah. a character that still pops up in in pop culture. Yeah. A lot of people influenced by him. Definitely, his yeah. name's still sticking around. Yeah, and I first heard about him from like watching him in movies, and I didn't realize he was a like he was a musician first, yeah, right? Yeah, musician first, legendary musician. You could say he's probably up there in sort of um, in the realms of uh, you know what's that Dylan and stuff like that. Maybe Ooh, yeah, you know. Stuff like that. Living legend, maybe. Yeah, like Coltrane. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's alive. If we're doing legends that are alive. Legends, legends that are alive. <laughs> or legends in general. Living legends. Living legends. Hey, legends never die. Heroes yeah. get remembered. Oh. But legends never die. Wow. Where did that come from? The Sandlot. 
The what? The, the movie, The Sandlot. Oh, I don't know what that is. No. And Babe Ruth when he's dead and he comes down as a ghost and he says that. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty epic. Baseball movie. Yeah. <laughs> I got to watch that before summer's over. It's technically fall already. Yeah, technically. At this time, but it's probably not wherever it's, you are. It's it the middle be, of winter. It might something. be winter by the time this comes out. So, <laughs> hey, happy winter, guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And uh, the other uh, artist that he talks about is uh, a guy out of New Orleans, Dr. John. He's uh, passed away, unfortunately, but he was a legend as well. So he's not a living legend, unfortunately, right now. But um, there was this album that came out in 1968 called Gree Gree that Dr. John put out. And Bastian said that he, as soon as he heard that for the first time, he just wanted to make music like that. Um, which is interesting. So I'm, I thought I would play a random track off of Dr. John's Grigri to see yeah. if we can get any parallel things here. That'd be great. Let's go exploring a little bit. I have come across this album before. There's a, uh, I think I found a sample on here that I wanted to use, but I couldn't figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's quite a few long tracks on here. So I'm going to play the shortest track um, just for now. Mama Roo. She was the queen of the little red, white, and blue. She was the queen of the little red, white, and blue. Bye, boy. Prepare yourself to die, boy. Medicine man got a heat, strong power. You know better than to mess with me. Follow me. And wham, bam, scram, sam. Come on, boy, and follow me. From 1968, Mama Roo by Dr. John off of Grigri an album that Bastian really loves. And, you, do, you, you always know. tell it's from like the 60s because they were still figuring out stereo. And like they'll <laughs> yeah. put all the drums on just one side yeah, and then something random on the other side and there's nothing right up the middle. No. But it's just kind of cool now though. To, now we have the stereo headphones. Yeah. It gives it a bit of atmosphere, I think. No, right? totally. It is yeah. cool. And I could imagine like, you know, big speakers, you know, on opposite sides of the room. Yeah. And that would really give you kind of a yeah, yeah. a feeling of different instruments being in different locations. Yeah, yeah. So kind of cool either way. Yeah. But that's a fun track. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, Thanks for playing. Yeah. And there's a lot of good tracks on this album. And uh, yeah, you can, I think, at least in that, I sort of heard like the layers of percussion and, you know, stuff that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, Bastion is inspired by kind of thing, that vibe and textures yeah. and stuff like that yeah. i was i was i was thinking about the percussion when i was listening to that just the, yeah. whatever it is cowbells or yeah, yeah. metal clinking things yeah, just yeah. giving it that kind of yeah i don't even know what to, it's, it's not like african but yeah i mean i mean like latin maybe creole yeah sort of things just some yeah. pots and pans just dangling yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. dinking around <laughs> dinking around <laughs> um yeah so yeah and um and then moving on uh, Moving on to the next album, the 2017. Next, yeah, 220285 was the title of that one. Um, Which is just kind of cryptic. Very cryptic. I don't know if it's his birthday 
or another call, momentous date in his life. Call out to the audience. Let us know. Yeah. Or Mr. Seb. Mr. Seb. Sebby. Old Seb. 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 Send us an email. The Sebster. Um, we want to know. What's the secret? Yeah, we won't yeah. tell everybody on the air if you, if no. you email us. It'll be your yeah, secret. Exactly, yeah. You don't have to um, tell the world. But this was, this was a good album. Great yeah. stuff. It was repressed in 2020. Right. Um, which is cool. It's, it's, it's like an album that there's like a similar groove throughout the whole thing. And I really like that. Yeah. Um, like Pickup is a great song. I don't know if we want to play Pickup. I'd like to hear that one. Some some of my lists. One okay. of my favorite tracks from that album. We're on, yeah. the, we're on the same frequency <laughs> then. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some good hooks. It's pretty moody. There's good layered vocals. Um, danceable moments with, you know, horns horn section kind of things going on and i'm assuming he's playing most of this like we said i think so yeah which is really cool yeah um but yeah it feels pretty raw it's understated and honest yeah and it's, it's great all the way through there's, yeah there's discordant kind of parts but there's that funk and that groove still that hold yeah. everything together and keep it pretty fun it definitely feels like it came from that same body of work as the first album in a way mm-hmm. um even though production wise it sounds uh, consistent within itself, but mm-hmm. but not with the other album. It's very weird to say, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, hundred percent. Um, and uh, yeah, was it? Yeah, I I was sort of anticipating this one as well because when I first discovered his music, the only thing out was the first album, nothing else. No. Okay, so you had yeah. been following this guy a little bit. Yeah, and I was like, you know, it's coming out. I almost like pre-ordered it on vinyl. It was like that level of like um. You know, thing I didn't know. I think I had. I know someone that did. Do you but, own uh, one of these? Any of these albums? I don't. No, not on vinyl, unfortunately. But it's definitely this is stuff I would definitely get on vinyl. Yeah, this would be. Yeah. This is. These are yeah. great albums yeah. for like having a party at your place. Yeah, yeah. Like a little yeah. cocktail party, or having some friends over for some wine or something like that. Yeah. Just kind of keeping the vibe good and chill, and not in your face and annoying. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> put on some. Uh, all white, all waves as well. You know, that would be good too. <laughs> unoffensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, unoffensive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like, there's, yeah, there's nothing sort of really any info I have about this album. But yeah, we've been saying the same thing. And yeah. I mean, these albums are kind of consistent and all the way through with the same kind of vibe, the same kind of style. Yeah. Similar instrumentation a lot of the time, but they got their own individual vibes. Yeah. But it's harder to quantify than it might seem like. Yeah. But let's, let's get a vibe. Let's play pickup. Yeah. Pick it up. Baby, please pick up the phone. Call me on the number by the telephone. Pick up. I know you've been down and you've been sad, but that don't mean things are really that bad. Pick up. Telephone, pick up. I know you've been down and you've been sad, but that don't mean 
Mm, mm, mm. Bouncy. Yeah, that funky bass. Mm -hmm. It's got a little, little bit of slap in there. Yeah, every some slap and some flucks. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just, I mean, real cool, real chill. Yeah. Real fun. You know, I don't know, just vibey. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and if you like these tracks, people, um, that we've been playing so far, definitely the first two albums are the place to start. Either mm -hmm. one, either one, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would concur. Yeah. I would, yeah, maybe even start with this one. Yeah. 220285. <laughs> Catchy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then in 2020, uh, he released the one that we sort of talked about a little bit, matching up with his cinephile um, mm -hmm. passions. It's called The Killing of Eugene Peeps. And it was conceived, like we said, as a score to an imaginary film. Mm -hmm. um, lots of uh, homages paid musically and title-wise in this album. Uh, musically, something I didn't look up. They said Italian giallo is a reference. I don't know what that is. I'll have to look that up. Um, Taxi Driver, the soundtrack uh, to which Bernard Herrmann did. He also did Psycho, which is another uh, soundtrack that Bastian Kerb references. Mm. Did play a little bit of the Taxi Driver soundtrack in the Cinematic Orchestra episode as well. Because um, Cinematic Orchestra being a thing. Yes, uh, yes. A title in itself. And also uh, French New Wave Cinema. And then the title of this movie as well is a homage to a movie called The Killing of a Chinese Bookie, mm -hmm. which I've seen. It's a good movie. It's not for everyone. It's very hard to watch what is it uh what's the vibe of the movie um it's about um this uh cl like club owner kind of thing who gets involved with a mafia of some sort kind of thing and mm -hmm. he's basically just stressed throughout the whole movie he's like trying to keep his own shit together whilst also uh, mm -hmm. not get in the way of the mafia sort of thing and it's very sort of dense movie it's probably a movie that's worth watching more than once to really get to the bottom of. And I think there's like a couple of edits out there as well um, of the movie. There's like a shorter version and a longer version. But it was directed by John Castavesis, who's like in the film world really known for being, uh, I don't know how you describe it, underground indie filmmaker in America. Mm -hmm. He started out as an actor. He was in lots of good movies. Um, but he went into directing and didn't always have the money to make the movies so he would like you know fund it himself or whatever and and this is one of them um so they're very you know being an american filmmaker um and not really prescribing to the hollywood three act structure of making movies kind of thing right i think it was very challenging to people and to audiences because um, also he was doing these movies back in a time where they were actually being released in theaters, you know, mm -hmm. not like nowadays where indie films can just be put on Amazon or straight whatever. Straight to streaming. Straight to streaming and stuff like that, yeah. So, um, yeah, but the title, um, Killing of a Chinese Bookie, you know, and that's an homage in The Killing of uh, Eugene Peeps. And then not only the title and the, the artwork for the album yeah. is, is kind of... Um, befitting of like an old style movie poster yeah um you know like a even like a tarantino yeah retro kind of uh you know it has like an image and it has the title above and then it has like credits below yeah so it looks like a movie poster essentially and yeah that's he's kind of going with this whole theme like a foreign film or something yeah like that. yeah 100 percent. so 
yeah definitely a cool theme um oh yeah and also on the artwork since we're on that uh oh, yeah. uh will morrison who i mentioned earlier who does did the artwork for this and the other two albums he said that bastian wanted it to look like an old film poster illustration um will said it was a bit more graphic than his normal style um he said he borrowed a big empty barn and set up two 16 by 8 foot walls facing each other and he worked on eight or ten designs at once looking for one character that he thought would come out and step out of that artwork mm -hmm. until he found the one that made the cover of killing of eugene peeps nice so that's kind of really interesting that is cool yeah yeah uh, one of the other things about this album I want to bring up is because I'm always wondering and what we try to describe here on Roots to Grooves is what these, how these people get this stuff done. Like, what are these people doing on the side? Yeah. Like, he's just, he has, you know, money coming in from his previous albums and he's just sitting in his apartment in his awesome studio or what are they doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. All these artists. But this guy, he said um, he was, he had a warehouse job of some sort. Oh, really? Some kind of night shift in a warehouse. Yeah. Um, and he was like coping with, with that, you know, kind of miserable, you know, lifestyle, yeah. I guess. It's probably not his favorite thing to do, but he was getting money to fund his projects that he, you know, obviously puts a lot of heart into and really cares about. Yeah. And he said, I was a zombie for a year, piecing the album together while I was working. Yeah. So I just think that's a cool thing to do, even, you know, after, after this third album or, you know, after these first two successful albums. Yeah. He's still, you know, just got a day job. Wow. Or in this case, a night shift. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just still working to get that money and to make his dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. So just a testament to putting in that hard work. Yeah, that's um, crazy. I didn't know that about him. Yeah, yeah just like, a little yeah. surprising that somebody at this yeah. level of musicality yeah, yeah. and instrumentation and seemingly success, Yeah. Um, you know, and, and critical acclaim, yeah. night shift work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's great. So I just uh, more of a testament to this guy. He's a hard worker, yeah, um, and a and a really cool artist. Yeah, yeah. So I just uh, really impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. And he, I don't know if he really plays live, but apparently he has done some past shows in not since 2018 though, it, from the looks of things, um, uh, all in the UK. So I don't know if he has a full band or how he does it, sort of thing. But um, yeah, I imagine that'd be a fun show to see though. If, yeah see if, if you can get it together yeah because i yes his music is so crazy it's on another level and it's just, it's like why why isn't he why does he have to work in a warehouse and other groups get to tour the world and right I, yeah i don't know that, that's yeah. what's interesting i don't yeah. have the answer either yeah i mean also you know because he does do like professional scoring for commercials and that but also that i've known some people that have done that as well and that's a hard game as well i mean mm -hmm. you're basically a freelancer as well so you have to i imagine he wouldn't for the work and whatever and yeah i would say yeah. and I, I have no idea just mm. guessing but i you know a lot of artists go through that like hmm, do i want to just do what i love and not get paid for it or you know like produce music or engineer music mm -hmm. mix master and do work for other artists mm. and then try to do my own art yeah and maybe that's a lot little, it's too much for some people because you're putting in like eight hours or more yeah in a day working on somebody else's music and then you're going to put another eight hours to work really hard on your own stuff and yeah. a little that's over overwhelming sometimes yeah sure so I, I feel like maybe i'm just guessing one of the ways he got around that is i'm going to concentrate all my artistic energy on my own stuff yeah. and i'm going to make money another way yeah instead of getting burnt out on music altogether yeah 
Um, so yeah. I, I'm just just guessing, like I said. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah, if you want to, if you make music your income, then there are portions of it that are going to make you maybe mm -hmm. lose the passion somehow or something yeah. like that. So it's a fine yeah. line. You got to, yeah. everyone's got to figure it out on their own. Yeah. And everyone can go their own way and there's not one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. But um, I mean, this is a beast, 18 tracks. Yeah. And it's really different than the first two albums. Mm -hmm. um, it, he very much leaned into the concept of the the imaginary movie. Um, there's a story as well. There's narration on it. Um, right. Yeah. Some spoken word parts. Yeah. He has had some yeah, collaborations from outside people in terms of putting those words together and um, and doing the narration and stuff. Um, and I think even Will, the art guy, came up with some lyrics for one of the tracks as well. Um, some of the story. So it's, yeah. Yes. Um, and while it is 18 tracks or yeah. maybe even 17, yeah. but it's still only 44 minutes long. Right. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So it fits a lot into uh, a, a, a perfect amount of time. I would say a perfect album length is like 40 to 50 minutes. Yeah. You know, and that perfect, whatever that means, it's entirely subjective. See a lot of people just coming out with just over 30 minutes though mm -hmm. that just barely over <laughs> just the barely over the, the line short and yeah. sweet is good too yeah yeah it it's it's arbitrary yeah do whatever you want guys <laughs> it's all good that's, that's probably, uh oh, i just want to play the title theme just because it's the first track it's real short mm -hmm. but main just title to, just to give us a little bit of a, a vibe of going into this imaginary movie the killing of eugene peeps mm. this movie uh yeah yeah i'm getting into it <laughs> what's happening what's happening i'll fade it out there because it, it does uh transition very nicely into the next track the, the first one theme for oh no uh lucky, uh, lucky? yeah oldest um, grave yeah which is great and yeah and that main title theme heavy uh homage to taxi driver soundtrack i would say mm -hmm. right there 
Yeah, some of it, I mean, it sounds yeah. like it could have been sampled from yeah. one of these old movies. Yeah. It, so, I mean, yeah, that's where he's going with this. It's very dynamic. Yeah. And very, um, like, you know, it, it's like an illustration. Like, it's very, has a strong narrative. Like, you're following something like a movie, obviously. Yeah. That's what he's going for. And he really does a good job. So, yeah, yeah. Pretty epic. Yeah, something he said in his one and only interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my music is purposely nostalgic, I suppose, because I am so influenced by older films. I prefer older music. There is a slight link to my childhood in terms of the dreamlike wonder way of being a kid. Bright lights, big city kind of thing. The main thing is the dreamlike state, which is what I always try to do in my records. I want it to be hazy. That's what I always aim for. So, I It's thought, like trying to remember a dream or something. Yeah, dreamy hazy like like a memory yeah but yeah yeah definitely and he's accomplishing that that's what he wants to do and i think he's accomplished that and i um, haven't really yeah. listened to, my, to this album properly all the way through so i, I need to do that sounds it's like different than the first two you know i think any of yeah. these would be amazing on vinyl this one oh, is, yeah. especially seems like it'd be the most visceral on vinyl yeah which would be cool I mean, we had to get that for the studio yes we should do that but, um, the yeah, kill, the killing of Eugene Peeps. Yeah, twenty twenty hasn't yeah. released anything since. No, hopefully he's piecing something together mm -hmm. to come out again. I mean, seriously though, if uh, if a movie doesn't director doesn't hit him up soon to like, I know, mean, properly score something, I don't know yeah. what's going on. Like, yeah, look at this resume. I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, and he has a showroom actually on his site. Um, he has because uh, he's uh, there's a link on his site that says composer, and if you click on that. He has a showreel of um, like it's like fifteen minutes long of, of stuff that he's composed, mm -hmm. and some of it I think is some tracks off of his album, but it, but some of it is like short films and stuff like that. And right. Like if you're a film director out there, check out this fifteen minute showreel. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean this yeah. guy's like he's like, look what I'm doing. Here's yeah. my resume. Yeah, yeah. He obviously has the history of doing some some TV. Yeah. composition yeah. or for films or whatever commercials yeah um so i don't know yeah it seems like and he does do some remixes one thing i discovered he did a remix of a track called gold by submotion orchestra and the reason i bring that up is because i know the engineer and producer of submotion orchestra hmm. did a interview with him this summer that is still yet to come out. It's the first time I've ever done a Zoom interview, so it's been a bit challenging to edit <laughs> in a good way, uh, in an interesting way, I mean, visually and all that. So, but mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to put it up. And um, That was with Dom Howard, a.k.a. Ruxpin, who's been releasing some great EPs, by the way, as well. But Bastian Keb did a remix of a Submotion Orchestra song, so I, I need to get back in touch with Dom because maybe he knows him personally we and we can maybe... Uh, Get some more information, or get get Sebi out here on a on another Zoom. At least we can find out what like that, that what twenty two oh two eighty five means. <laughs> yeah, the one secret that I want is it his birthday. We don't know. What don't would know. that mean? It's a date, right? Like, I think it's a date, like nineteen eighty five. Yeah, February twenty second. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, or a friend. Yeah, but like I said, it's a mystery. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Bastien Keb. Yes. On Reese the Grooves. 
this is uh this is where we're at and this is the info we have on him but it's been an interesting mm-hmm. conversation uh what we have found but his music definitely speaks louder volumes than anything else 100 percent, which is great and it's you know it's not trivial music it's complex but it's like groovy but it's like happy to listen to and and then this thing is like a it's like he just released a movie without releasing the movie kind yeah of thing. yeah you know exactly so, yeah but yeah awesome awesome guy the music yeah speaks for itself yeah he's he's a hard worker he's yeah. putting his time at the video store yeah <laughs> he's putting his time at the warehouse yeah. making this stuff happen yeah you know so he's doing really good good stuff and i'm excited to see what else he comes out with hopefully yeah. get some more work yeah and hopefully more people learn this guy's name and learn who he is i had no idea this guy existed until you brought him up so nice good pick yeah. for the week jay yeah yeah and hopefully for the listeners and viewers you we've just dropped something interesting here for what? you to check out what um i think we did you dropped it on me so i love it <laughs> cool well then that's been race to grooves yeah that's bastian keb um i'm jesse i'm jay and this is rooster grooves based out of seattle washington you guys know thank you for listening um hit us up with any critiques about the show about any special information about bastian keb or any of the other artists that you listen to Mm -hmm. uh tips tricks and uh upticks upvotes yeah Thank you for the downloads and the subscriptions. Hit us up at the email with any other information, Jay. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. S-I-G-N-L radio.com. And uh, I want to play out this track, Street Clams, from The Killing of Eugene Peeps. Because <gasps> I also realized, as I was researching today, that I played this in my poolside DJ set from New Orleans oh, at the drop. Um, yeah. And there's a few other tracks that I found, not from this album, but compliment this song. So go check that out on YouTube. (laughs) I'm about to. I'm about to. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.